Hey, Shakers, welcome to Worth Your Salt, the podcast that shakes up your marketing game in the health and wellness industry. Worth Your Salt is brought to you every Thursday by Salt Marketing. Salt Marketing helps health and wellness practitioners build trust and authority to attract a steady stream of inbound wellness seekers. For more information, you can visit us online at saltmarketing.co. I'm Jennifer Oroqua, StoryBrand Certified Guide, Marketing Strategist with Salt Marketing, and your host for today's episode of Worth Your Salt. Now, for most of us, we may feel like we're climbing mountains on the daily. The challenge of running a business, serving our clients, managing our personal and family lives, it's a summit we never seem to reach. But my guest today has taken mountain climbing to a very real and quite literal extreme. And in doing so, she's learned a lot about what it takes to be resilient, fully committed, and to achieve your life's goals. We can look at Jen Drummond as a successful entrepreneur, a mom of seven, yes, I said seven, an international speaker, an author, and host of her own podcast. But back in 2018, Jen survived a serious car accident, something which changed her perspective on life and purpose. After that pivotal time, Jen was inspired to conquer something no other woman had, climbing the world's seven second summits. But her journey goes far beyond mountaineering. It's a testament to resilience, motivation, and the exhilaration of achievement. Jen's new book, Quit Proof, Seven Strategies to Build Resilience and Achieve Your Life Goals, will be released in January of 2024. Jen, I am tired just thinking about everything you've accomplished. I can't wait to learn how you do it. Thank you so much for joining me today on Worth Your Salt. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So first of all, with our listeners in health and wellness, we found that everyone has a unique journey that led them to where they are. So tell me a little bit about your journey. It's one of us, most of us couldn't even imagine, and how you came to teach resilience. Um, you know, I think life just puts us on a path. I was a resilient kid. I remember needing to pedal my bicycle to go to my grandma's house. And my parents would only let me do that if I could ride my bike without training wheels. Mm. And we had a gravel driveway. <laughs> so I, my dad takes off my training wheels and he's like, okay. And I fall a few times. He's like, I think, I think we're done for the day. We'll practice again tomorrow. I'm like, I'm not done. You can go inside. And I stayed out there, bloodied knees or whatever, until I could ride <laughs> my bike around that circle enough time to drive to grandma's house by the end of the day. Oh. So I do think some of us have a little bit more innate resilience than others, but it's definitely something we can train and a uh, skill we can build upon. Excellent. So after your crocs and after your recovery and with the support of your amazing family, you wanted to climb a mountain in Nepal for your 40th birthday. And then one thing led to another and you set your sights on becoming the first woman to climb the second tallest mountain on every continent. How did you prepare for that journey mentally and physically? Well, having seven children helps you prepare for a lot of things mentally. <laughs> because <I bet>. <laughs> <laughs> There's always something going on that you need to learn how to stay calm in the face of. And then physically, it was a lot of juggling. I would have a calendar built out that was my weekly activities for work and kids. And then I'd give it to my coach and I'd say, okay, fit in my exercising. She's like, you're kidding me, right? I'm like, well, this is what I got to do. <laughs> and so a lot of times my physical training was taking a 12 inch step and um, a bag full of water bottles and doing step ups at a soccer game or I would be the mom on the side walking up and down the hill while watching a football game or, yeah, I was doing a lot of multitasking um, where possible. Yeah. And you gathered a, a fantastic team around you. How important is a team to, to achieving something like this? Oh, it's everything. Like I tell people, big mountains take big teams. So whether you're climbing a big physical mountain or a metaphorical mountain and it's something you're trying to pursue, 
um, the bigger the mountain, the bigger the team you need to make it all come together. Yeah, that makes sense. Were you ever scared as you were climbing? How did you keep going? Oh, of course I was scared. Um, I have a fear of heights, which climbing doesn't really <laughs> lend itself to very much. I can work it out of me. So exposure therapy does work. But when I was climbing Everest and we had to go over the ladders and the ice fall, I just remember thinking, okay, the one thing I can think about is safe feet, safe feet. And I would keep repeating that mantra in my head and just constantly look at putting my feet in safe spaces mm -hmm. so that a negative thought couldn't grab on, mm -hmm. right? Like it didn't have any space because I kept repeating safe feet, safe feet, safe feet. <laughs> um, and you just do things scared. So have those those mental techniques translated into everyday life for you at all? Oh, for sure. I mean, I will need to go for a run to like clear my head or to train and I, like my body doesn't want to run. It's <laughs> going to come up with a thousand excuses of, oh, you should probably have another snack. Maybe you should drink <laughs> a little bit more. Maybe you want a different running outfit on. Um, so when I'm tying my shoes, sometimes I'll be singing to myself, left shoe, left shoe, right shoe, right shoe. And I'll just keep blocking out any ability for another thought to come in until I start running. Because once I start, I'm fine. It's just that that start that can sometimes trip me up. All right, Jen, that is great advice. Uh, we do need to take a quick sponsorship break right now, but when we return, I wanna get into some of your advice for building resilience when things get difficult. Stay with us. The Worth Your Salt podcast is grateful to our partners and sponsors. If you've ever looked at your website and felt like it was a little meh, the website optimization guide from Salt Marketing will make your site something you can't wait to send people to. In this custom guide, we'll begin by unlocking your SEO potential Discover hidden opportunities to improve your visibility and ranking, to drive new clients to your door. Then, we will help you master the best keywords. We'll help you understand your ranking relative to competitors and help you incorporate the right keywords to make sure you're generating leads. Once those prospects reach your site, we'll help you optimize your site for easy navigation and compel them to take action. You will get a clear picture of your customer journey and what steps you can take to move your prospects from awareness to advocacy. Finally, you'll get a prioritized checklist of specific actions that will help you take advantage of your entire website optimization guide. Get started today. Visit us at saltmarketing.co slash services to learn more. That's saltmarketing.co slash services. Get a website that not only looks good, but does good for you with your custom optimization guide from Salt Marketing. I'm back here on the Worth Your Salt podcast with Jen Drummond, author of the upcoming book, Quit Proof, Seven Strategies to Build Resilience and Achieve Your Life Goals. So Jen, anybody that knows me, I love a good plan. I love a good strategy to get you where you want to go. Tell me about the seven strategies for resilience that you wrote about in your upcoming book, Quit Proof. What are they? Oh, yes. Yeah. So let's start with cast your vision wide and deep. So for me, for example, I was starting on a goal of climbing a mountain called Ama de Blom. And then my son upped that goal to climbing Mount Everest. And then my coach upped that goal to becoming the first woman to climb the seven second summits. Mm. And I'll tell you, the bigger the goal, the easier it is to stay motivated and excited. And the easier it is to be like, oh, I didn't, I didn't summit every mountain the first time. And because the goal was so big, it was like, okay, that's all right. I'll go back and do it again. If no one's done it before. So to expect I do everything first time out of the gates is silly. Hmm. So I feel a lot of times we can cast our vision wider and deeper and you'll hear it in today's pop psychology of like 10 X your goal or what, you know, it does mm -hmm. just give you 
a little bit more momentum and a little bit more freedom when things don't go quite as you had hoped Mm -hmm. to keep pursuing. So that's one of the seven. One of them is commit or don't climb the mountain. So I call it like commit to the commitment. Now you're spending energy on how to make it fun or how to be creative to get from point A to point B. You're not wasting energy on if I should go to point B. Hmm. Whatever you're doing, you're either in or you're out, but the in-between is not helping anything. Once you decide what your mountain is, then commit to that. And now all your energy can be used on achieving it or having fun during the process, I hope. Mm. Tip number three is embrace the power of imperfect starts. We all have this idea of what it should look like or how it should feel or all these things. And I use the example in my book from a climb in Russia. So I was going to Russia to climb Diktau, which is the second highest point in Europe. And it was one of these technical climbs that I curated gear. Mm. For example, I ordered 20 pairs of gloves and sent 19 pairs back (laughs) so that I had the one pair that was going to be warm enough and still gave me dexterity and all the things. Mm. I land in Russia, my bags don't. And I'm like, no, are you kidding me? This is not possible. And so the guide was said, Jen, we go now or we don't go. Like the, we don't have time to wait. Mother nature is giving us this window now. So you either rent gear or you might as well go home and come back another year. So we go to rent gear and this is after COVID. So nobody has inventory. I'm wearing a jacket that I rolled up the sleeves. I have a backpack that's being tied together at the strap so it doesn't fall off a shoulder. And I have boots that are about three sizes too big. And so I just was like, hey, whatever happens, at least I'm getting on the mountain. I'll be better prepared for next time. I'll take notes and just, you know, collect beta. And we got on the mountain and it was not pretty, but we summited. Mm. On the way down, I broke a toe because I kept slamming into the front of my boot. So for part of the mountain on the way down, I butt scooted down. <laughs> I'm like, this is pretty. I'm sure everybody envisioned this when they were climbing the mountain. But I was like, in so much pain. I didn't have a choice. And I came home and six months later, Russia closed. Russia still closed. Like if I didn't do it then, I would not have been able to finish this goal. Yeah. And so it's just a reminder that, you know what? Sometimes you're in rental gear. Sometimes your backpack's tied onto your back. Like it's just, it's not perfect, mm-hmm. but it's amazing what you can do when you embrace the power of imperfect starts. Yeah. And I love what you said about, you know, not getting it right the first time and going back. Um, you know, it's a lesson for a lot of us. Uh, oftentimes we we give up if we if we don't think that we can achieve what we came for. So, of course, the title of the book includes the idea of building resilience. So do you think resilience is something that's innate? Like you talked about that story about riding a bike as a child. Yeah. Is it something we're born with or do you think it's something we have to learn? I mean, it's something we have to learn. It's something we have to allow right? We have to allow things to look different than what we thought they would. And we have to allow whatever happens to be accepted. Be like, oh, that's not ideal, but let's continue on. Or that wasn't what I thought. Like, what did we learn and how can we pick ourselves back up and go forward? When you climb a mountain, I didn't know this until I got into climbing, is I thought when you started at the base, so let's say Everest, it just took that long to go from the base camp to the top of the mountain. And that's actually not the case. What happens is, is you do this thing called acclimatization rotations. And so you'll go up to camp one or camp two, and then there's not enough oxygen there. So you'll start feeling loopy. Your body won't work as well. And you'll stay there for as long as you can without getting too sick. 
and then you head back down to base camp. Mm. And that stress on the body, Mm -hmm. that lack of oxygen causes stress in your body. That stress in your body causes you to produce more red blood cells. So it triggers a physiological change. Well, that physiological change gives you more red blood cells, which then allows you to go up the mountain. And now you can hike to camp one or camp two with no problem Hmm. because your body adjusted to be able to handle that lack of oxygen environment. And so when we're going after pursuits, consider acclimatizing. Okay, maybe you hit an obstacle. Maybe you hit a setback. Maybe you hit a roadblock. All right, fine. Take information from that. Come back to base camp and figure out what you can do better now that you have this information and adjust your plan and continue forward. That's really interesting. And it's, it's almost like a, a model for life. I mean, you know, when I think about, you know, we get to a certain point, we need to set back and, and reset and, and make sure that we're ready for the, the next part of the journey. So in your journey, in your life experience, you faced a very dramatic, life-changing event. Do you think we need that in our lives to learn resilience? I hope not. <laughs> That'd be a lot of car accidents. I hope not too. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, I think... Honestly, I think the world was whispering to me and I just wasn't hearing the whispers. And so then think the message gets louder and louder until you finally hear it. Mm. And so for me, it had to be a car accident because that's what shook me alive. Mm. And I hope that you that are listening, that you listen to the whispers, listen to the lesser loud messages from the world of this isn't working Mm. or there's another way or man, I wish I felt differently. Well, then what's behind that? Start getting curious, start questioning and start leaning into who you are as a person. That's great insight. So how can we apply your experiences to our everyday challenges? We're not all out there climbing mountains. So are there specific techniques or mindset shifts that we can kind of cultivate to bounce back from setbacks or failures? Yeah. I mean, I think it's learning yourself. I do a lot of trigger meditations is what I call them in life that allow me to reset throughout the day. So I'm not on autopilot for as long as I was before. Mm. So for example, there's a red light by my house. I hit this red light all the time because I'm on the short side. And before I used to get angry, I'm like, oh, I hit the red light again. Like, come on. (laughs) And then one day I'm like, you know what? I'm the only person mad about this red light. So how can I shift my perspective? And I turn the red light into my gratitude light. And so now every single time I hit the red light with me or the kids in the car, we automatically go into things that we're grateful for. And it changes the entire energy around that whole experience. So much so that sometimes when we hit the green light, we're like, oh man, we missed our opportunity to do gratitude right now, which is kind of funny. <laughs> but even doing something where you t- every single time you touch a doorknob, you're going to do a big, deep breath in a big, deep breath out. And it just allows you to like recalibrate a little bit and reset and be like, okay, am I heading into this next thing with the right attitude or the right mindset or whatever? Because when we're centered, we have a lot of resilience. Mm. When we start to get off center or tired or whatever, that's when our resilience gets challenged. And then we make decisions that maybe we're not as proud of. I love that. Building intentionality into staying centered. That's, that's really good advice. All right, Jen, it's time for another quick break. We're going to be right back after this. You're listening to the Worth Your Salt podcast. And today I'm talking with Jen Drummond, mountain climbing world record holder and author of the upcoming book, Quit Proof, Seven Strategies to Build Resilience and Achieve Your Life's Goals. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So be sure to join us over on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook, and let us know what you do to overcome adversity and remain resilient. 
So Jen, to reach others and become the inspiration and guide and cheerleader that you are today, you've had to build your own personal brand, which is something that we talk about at Salt Marketing. We find it crucial to gaining authority in the marketplace. How did you establish your personal brand? What advice can you share with health and wellness practitioners about creating a a strong presence? First, approach it with curiosity and just be playful with some things and decide like, is this who I want to show up as? Is this authentically me? I mean, it's dialing back a few layers of the onion and understanding like, who are you as a person? And then what comes naturally for you? Mm. Uh, I worked with an agency in the beginning and they would give me ideas of things to do. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, that doesn't feel real. Like, I can't do that. That's not who I am. Mm-hmm. And it was just helpful to be able to say no. You don't have to be all things to all people. And so when you look at ideas, you're following other people, you're like, oh, that resonates or that doesn't. Perfect. You want to have, you want to start drawing those lines and say, yes, this is me. And no, this isn't me. Because the more true you are to you, then the more that people get to find you because they're drawn to that content. And I love how authentic your personal brand is. I mean, it's just you you resonate through everything that, that like I said, I listened before we got online here, We I was talking about how I went and watched some of the other things about you um, and your personal brand just comes through and all of that. It just signs through. Of course, you have your own podcast, Seek Your Summit with thousands of followers. And you did an episode recently telling your story on social media, which I thought was fantastic. Tell me a little bit about Seek Your Summit. Yeah. So Seek Your Summit was an evolution. It wasn't called that at first. It was called Take a Break. Um, and I think that's funny because I think at the beginning I needed to take a break. And so it was more resonating <laughs> with me then. And then I shifted it to Seek Your Summit because I love stories of success, but then even more so the stories of significance. <laughs> and where I have found my sweet spot working with people is when they've had success and they're like, I want more. Like, I don't know if this is like, I thought it, this would be different than what it is. And so getting them into that journey of significance where they're leaving a legacy or they're sharing their knowledge and mentoring and doing things that impact their community, not just their own personal goals. So it's really fun. It's fun people to talk to and just fun stories. Mm -hmm. And everybody's got such a unique way of doing life. Yeah. I love that. So I know you have this saying and you use it with your kids. You may use it with others, you know, about what's your Everest. So I'm curious, what's next for you? Where do you go when you've reached not just the summit, but seven of them? Right. Um, You know, my personality is a quick start and a hard stop. So I'm making myself take a 12 month break before I commit to something else um, because it's really easy for me to say yes. Mm. So this like next 12 months, I have the book coming out. I'm actually taking three of my boys to Africa to go do a climb together with them, just refocusing with the family and figuring out, okay, what's everybody's goals? How are they all aligning with each other? And what looks good for us moving forward, make sure that I'm not missing out on these moments with these kids. Yeah, I love that. That's part of your next step. All right. So if I want to learn more about you or eagerly watch for your upcoming book release, where can I go? Yeah, please check out my website, jendrummond.com. There you'll have a link to the book. Um, You'll have some challenges that I have going on and you can follow on along any adventures that I'm doing. Also, all the social media channels are there. So If you find one that you like to be on, reach out, say hi. I love connecting with people. So please don't be shy. Perfect. And of course, links to Jen Drummond's website, her social profiles, her Surviving K2 short film, (laughs) the Seeker Summit podcast, and to pre-order her book will all be available on our website at saltmarketing.co. But right now, Jen, it is time for our lightning round questions. These are a few quick questions that I like to ask of every guest. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. First question is, what's the best book you've read recently? Oh, Unreasonable Hospitality. So good. Oh, (laughs) 
Very nice. Um, I know you were an investment advisor in your previous life. So what's your favorite thing about what you do now? You know, when I was an investment advisor, I helped people with their financial health. Now I feel I help people more with their mindset. Mm -hmm. And I have found that you can have all the money in the world or you can be the fittest person in the world. But if what's going on between those ears isn't serving you, it doesn't matter. So I really love being in the mindset space. Brilliant. All right. Next question. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Ignore everybody but yourself. <laughs> so <laughs> I did good. an internship. I did an internship um, where we studied hospice patients and we got to interview them and talk to them. And one of the hospice patients said, honey, just listen to you. Everybody's going to have an opinion. Yours is the only one that matters. And I always fall back on that. Like, I'm so grateful for that lady for sharing that piece of advice. Like that. So, of course, now you're inspiring people across the globe. So I have to ask who or what inspires you? Oh, I, I get inspired by the easiest things. I think I'm so lucky like that. Um, <laughs> when I see my kid get an aha moment in their math homework, or you see somebody holding the door for somebody at the grocery store, just <laughs> humanity being good people. Very nice. Jen, I'm so grateful for your time. I want to thank you for joining me on this week's episode of Worth Your Salt. Thank you. I also want to thank our listeners. If you're ready for your Worth Your Salt debut, tell us about your expertise by emailing us at grow at saltmarketing.co. Be sure to subscribe on our website so you never miss an episode. Finally, leave us a review or give the show a handful of stars wherever you get your content. That's all for this episode of Worth Your Salt. Be sure to join me again next Thursday. In the meantime, let's get out there and shake things up. So fun. I love it. You're so good.